Welcome to the Burnout to Breakthrough podcast, my friends. My name is Dr. Eric Shoemake. Really, really grateful and excited to be with you today. This is the first of a three-part podcast called The Great Invitation, Navigating Pandemic Without Panic. As I'm recording this, uh, we're about to go from shelter at home to safer at home. So a lot of you know what I'm talking about, and we've really just been locked down or quarantined for weeks now. And there's just... I've got a lot of feedback from patients and from people that it's just a huge heaviness in the air. Um, you know, if you, if you turn on the news or, or look at what's going on, just a lot of questions, a lot of insecurity, a lot of fear, and a lot of disorientation. So this three-part podcast is going to be part number one, uh, but we're going to go through three. And, and what I'm going to try to take you through is a progression that will pull us out of this and not only get us back to what we call, you know, they're saying we want to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go back to better. So that's what this is all about. So first thing I want to say is I'm a, I'm a doctor, but I'm also human. And I've had a huge range of emotions over the last few weeks. You can just ask my wife and kids and they've been all over the place, just like a lot of you. Um, so I'm grieving lost lives. Um, we've seen a lot of people die from this thing. Um, that's just a fact, you know, and, and you don't want to see one person pass away from this. And I've, I've seen, seen and heard a lot of people say, you know, it's, it's just a hoax and, you know, there's nothing to it. And I don't believe that. And I, I definitely don't believe that, especially if you're someone whose loved one is suffering or you're suffering or you're, or, you know, you're scared of that. Um, it is something real. On the, and then at the same time, I know some stuff and I've been through this over 20 years and so through some other pandemics. And my job is to get you that information so that you can make good choices for yourself, not only during, during this time of pandemic, but also coming out of it. So as I said, it's really, it's very sick to, or, or it's very real to people that are suffering or that have, have passed away. And everyone uh, at, at this point, you know, has seen that and you see it all over the news. And it's also real to people that are afraid. You know, there are people that um, are, are worried about getting it themselves or spreading it to other people. Um, but I don't want it to stop there because right now what's in the air is, I think, a very disempowered uh, feeling for people. I think we feel displaced. I know, like, even my kids feel displaced. They can't go back to school. Like, my daughter uh, finally made the soccer team this year. She's a freshman in high school and she was just so excited to do that. So excited to be making new friends. She feels di very displaced. Um, I, we can't do the things that we used to want, you know, used to do for enjoyment and recreation. A lot of us. Um, so we feel displaced, but I also think we feel very disempowered because you don't control, um, when the governor decides to open things up, you don't control when you can go back to a restaurant. Like, like there's a very disempowered sense but I think that disempowered sense is also trickling down to um, people are feeling disempowered in their own bodies. And that's what I want to provide a solution to. I don't control when the, the, the nation opens up again either, but I do control what goes on in my body and what I know about my body. And that gives me hope. And that also gives me calm in this to where I am not panicked and I haven't been panicked one time during this. So that's really the, the invitation is, you know, how, how do we go through this pandemic without panic? So that's, that's number one. And that's what we're going to cover today. So how do you weather this? So I'm going to talk to you about your immune system, what you can do to boost your immune system, how fearfully and wonderfully made you actually are, how your body is designed to function. And then the next episode, we're going to talk about thinking for yourself. Um, one thing that I've seen that's been very alarming is 
there's been so many people say, well, they said this, they said, they told me this, I heard it was this, I heard it was that. And there's very few people actually doing a lot of research on this other than confirmation bias. Like you can find on social media, somebody will confirm your opinion no matter what. Um, but there's just so many people co-opting this thing for their own agenda. And then now it's become politicized and it's, um, there's just, to me, there's just so much groupthink going on and there's so many people just following the masses. So I'm going to talk to you about on the next one about why, um, it, it might be a good idea to rethink your position if you're just following the masses, not just in this, but in your health in general. Okay. So how to have some, you know, some, some critical thinking so that you can be doing, cause what I've always taught and what I've always, um, really just tried to get my patients to understand is that if you do what everybody else does, you're going to have what everybody else has, especially when it comes to your health. Um, we have more heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and Alzheimer's than any other country in the history of the world in the United States. So much of that is lifestyle related. So if we do what everybody else does, if we just believe what everybody else does about the body, about how you take care of your body, about what your responsibility is to do that, then you're going to have what everybody else has, which is all of those diseases that we, that none of us want. So I want to talk about how you really should be different. Um, I don't want to be just like everybody else. That's the last thing in the world. When we rank 37th in the world in overall health, we have more, you know, like I said, heart disease, cancer, and diabetes in any of the country in history. Almost half of people are pre-diabetic in our country, which is hundred percent lifestyle related. Um, I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be different. So we're going to help you, you know, learn how to, to think for yourself when it comes to health, you know? Um, and then the third is going to be really what I think is a big invitation. And I think this is, even though there's a lot of, um, you know, heaviness going on and there are people dying, I, I firmly believe that life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And I think there's a, there's a, to come out on the other side of this, there's an invitation to rethink the entire way we do taking care of our bodies and our healthcare system and how we care for our bodies and how we care for each other. Because right now the foundation is really shaking and, um, I've been talking about this for, for 15, 20 years now. Um, the way we're doing our health isn't working. We have the, now I'm not saying I'm not anti-drug or anti-doctor. Like if we have if emergency life-saving situations, you know, we're great in the United States. Unfortunately, when it comes to chronic illness, which is, you know, we talk about flattening the curve. Well, there's massive, massive, um, increase in things like heart disease and diabetes and Alzheimer's disease, like literally healthcare tsunamis that are happening. Um, we can flatten those curves too, by making good personal choices. And I think the foundation needs to shake because what we're doing isn't working for our health. Um, if you just look around, I mean, it, it doesn't, there's a new hospital being built, you know, every, every five miles around here, there's a new, you know, crane putting up another, uh, building with 200 more hospital beds where a lot of those people wouldn't have to be there if they knew some of the things that we're going to talk about on the, on this show. So this is about the foundation shaking, which is good. And I don't want to go back to normal because normal was again, more heart disease, cancer, diabetes than any other country in the history of the world. It's one in four kids taking a chronic medication. They're going to take the rest of their life. Um, you know, that's, that's what we were, that's what normal was before. So I think this is an invitation to rethink the whole thing. And that's what I'm excited about more than anything. Um, as we get through this and we weather this together and we care for each other, there's a way we can care for ourselves and care for each other that I think will leave us off better when something like this happens again. Um, because I think what we have right now is we do have a pandemic, but we also have a huge epidemic of, of underlying health conditions, right? So, the, so part of what makes it, 
a, a bad situation. If you do come down with COVID, um, what that makes that a bad, a bad outcome is risk factors that we have in the United States. One of those being obesity. And there's a, there's that, that is not a pandemic. That is an epidemic in the United States. And we can change that by making better choices. Um, there's also high blood pressure makes it a bad outcome. I'm going to talk to you about other parts of your immune system and testable, measurable things that will, can determine whether your immune system is able to weather this thing or not. And by understanding that, then we can come out better on the other end. So so let's just get into the, the pandemic without panic. The first thing I want to just remind people of is what I call the germ theory. And actually not what I call the germ theory, what is called the germ theory. And the germ theory, it really dates back to Louis Pasteur and working with cowpox. So before there was smallpox, what we knew what that was, there was cowpox and it was very similar. And what happened is, is during the times they decided that there were discovered that, okay, if we take pus from this animal and give it to this animal, this animal can also get sick. There must be something in the pus that makes that other animal sick. Therefore X, you know, a plus B equals C. Therefore this germ makes you sick. That's the germ theory. So if we can just get rid of germs or if we can do something about germs, then we're going to be good. And there's something, there's an entire field of study called the hygiene hypothesis that says, um, and this is, you know, medical community talking about this, that the, Exposure to germs, especially early on in childhood, is a very good thing. And it's not even in childhood. It's not just in childhood. It's all the way through um, our entire lives. You have a, a, a microbiome or a gut biome with with, with trillions of, of, of uh, microbiomes inside of your body, okay, or microbes inside of your body and especially inside of your gut. And your body needs those things for the immune system to function, to stimulate the immune system. All right. So the hygiene hypothesis said is that we keep, if we keep kids away from germs, their immune systems don't ever learn to function normally. Okay. And there's all kinds of research backing that up. There's a great study that it was done a long time ago, but it said, um, it, the, the study of the, or the title of the study was daycare prevents childhood cancer. So these kids were actually less likely to get cancer if they were exposed to daycare early on because they were exposed to a lot of germs. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of research or, or a lot of, um, hypothesis now on the reason kids, one of the, like, if you, if you hear of people that are passing away from COVID, it's not children. People are not getting this. The kids are not getting this. Um, and they're having good outcomes with it because 25% of all the colds that they're exposed to on a regular basis in school are a type of coronavirus, which means they've likely built up antibodies to where they're really doing well with this. So there is a need to expose yourself to germs. So it doesn't just mean that all germs are bad or that just because you get it come in contact with the germ that you get the, the disease. And you know this because just answer this question. If I have a cold, right, and I sneeze into my hand and, you know, an hour later I shake hands with 10 people or 10 minutes later I shake hands with 10 people and I got those germs in my hands, do all 10 people get a cold? The answer to that clearly is no. So if the germ theory was a germ law, that means all 10 of those people would get a cold, but they don't. You know this. You know this just in your own family. You can have a kid come home with a cold or a flu or something like that. Um, and you have five people in your house and only one kid gets it. Yeah. Sometimes a couple of people get it right. But we've all seen this again, if it was a germ law, then all five people would have it when that germ came in contact with that, with everybody else. So we know that's not the case. There's, we know there's more to it than that. 
And what, what I talk about there being more to it than that, what I mean is there's, there's laws of susceptibility. So how strong is your, your immune system? How susceptible are you? And the way I describe this is it's not just, it's not the germ, it's the terrain. So those are the two warring schools of thought back in Louis Pasteur's day. Is it the germ or is it the terrain? Which means is your terrain hospitable to germs? Um, are, when, when you come in contact with that germ, does that germ, is it, does it feel right at home in your body? So it takes root there or does it not? And I'm going to show you how this works in a couple minutes with some scientific studies and things again, that you can test and that you can look at, but how susceptible are you? Are you good terrain when the germ does come in contact with you? That's what we want to discuss. That's the terrain theory. Okay. So very simple. It's, it's not just germ equals illness. It's, there's also a variable of how strong is your immune system and how strong is your body to, to fight this stuff off. So let's just talk about COVID for, first of all. So the coronavirus. So there's a great study in the Lancet, uh, uh, journal from, the Chinese study on the original cohorts in Wuhan, China. Okay. So the, 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 uh, title of the article is clinical course and risk factors for mortality of adult inpatients with COVID-19 in Wuhan, China, a retrospective cohort study. And basically what they found is that there were, there are three different outcomes when somebody came in contact with this virus. The first is that they were able to, uh, the first group, they had a strong, they had a strong immune system or, or more, more aptly put, they had an immune system that was working properly it was functioning properly, they were able to shed the virus within as little as eight days. So they were able to overcome this thing within as little as eight days. And many of them did not even know that they had the virus. They didn't have any symptoms. So we're calling these people carriers. They're not just carriers. They're people fighting off the virus naturally, right? So that's what happened. They were able to fight it off. And a lot of them didn't even feel bad. And you're, you're seeing this a lot with like even Rudy Gobert. He was the first person, first person in the NBA who tested positive for this thing. And if you look at all of his social media, he never even felt bad, right? And he was back practicing within a couple of weeks. Um, so that's number one. Now the second cohort, those people got really sick. They come in contact with the virus. They get really sick and, and the virus was able to hang on for up to 28 days in these people. Now, these are the people that are hospitalized. Some of them on ventilators, not good. And then the third cohort, those people actually died. They, they weren't able to fight off the virus. And instead of the virus leaving in, in eight days or 28 days, it never left. They died fighting the virus. So what's the difference between those people? And what, here's what I want to encourage you with. Um, especially if you're over the age of 60 or 65, it didn't matter. It wasn't low. Oh, it was young people who were able to fight it off in eight days and old people that were able, that were not able to fight it off. That's not, it's not that simple. There were 60 year old people who fought it off in, in, in as little as eight to 10 days. So it's not about your age. It's about how well your body's functioning. And that's what I want to encourage you is like, it's so arbitrary to say like, oh, it's just older people we have to worry about. No, it's older, sicker people that we have to worry about whose immune systems are not functioning, who, who are immune compromised or maybe people that, so it doesn't like obesity is a, makes it a bad outcome for you, right? So if you're, if you're, if you have an obesity problem and you're 30, Versus somebody who's 65, who's their normal weight and their immune system is working functionally and they're at their optimal weight, they're much less likely to have a bad outcome than somebody who's 30, 35, um, with an obesity issue, right? So it's, it's about, it's, it, it's about function. It's not just about how old you are. And that's one of the things that's bothered me the entire time is, is we're just, that's back to the disempowerment thing, right? Like you're old, you can't do anything about it. You're old and frail. So stay inside of your house. Instead of, hey, let's find out how your body's functioning or what you can do to boost your immune system. So even the people that have these, these uh, comorbidities, there's still something that we can do to help them, 
All right. Not just help ourselves, but also to help them. And that's what I'll go through in a couple of minutes. So what, what put those people, so what put those people at risk or the what determines whether or not you have the good or bad outcome is what's called a proper immune arc. Okay. So what controls, what that means is how quickly your white blood cells are triggered, but then also how well your body is able to handle inflammation. So what causes a bad outcome for people with COVID is their inflammation levels go up really high and they don't come back down. People that were able to fight it off easily, inflammation goes up quickly, stimulates the immune system, inflammation comes back down. And there are markers for that. Okay. So there's, there's two things that determine that. I'm not going to get a long way into it, but first one is vitamin D. Vitamin D helps determine how quickly your white blood cells are able to react to the virus and start fighting it before it starts doing damage. Vitamin D levels. Now, this is where I'm talking about rethinking the way we do things for vitamin D levels or for your vitamin D to be able to do that for, for, for adequate levels or what we call optimal levels, you should be between 60 and 80 for your immune system to function properly. And I'm just talking about acute immune system. I'm, I'm not talking about um, the other benefits of vitamin D, like reducing your risk of breast cancer, re reducing your risk of colorectal cancer, reducing your risk of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I mean, th and there's peer-reviewed scientific studies showing that the higher your levels of vitamin D are, the more you are affected or are, 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 um, protected against those diseases. Now, unfortunately, when you go get tested at the doctor for vitamin D and your vitamin D comes back at 31, that's going to say that is a normal test, but it's not optimal. What I just showed you, it's not even close to optimal. You're not in that 60 to 80 range when you get tested. So you might be at 31 and I've talked to people all week this week and they're like, yep, the doctor said I was fine. They just didn't mention it. So they send me their results and their vitamin D levels 31 which doesn't get flagged. And since it doesn't get flagged, that's a, that's a quote unquote acceptable level from the labs. The doctor generally doesn't even go through that for a lot of, a lot of times with people. So they're walking around with suboptimal vitamin D and they don't know what I'm here to tell you is that you are able to control your vitamin D levels. It's a very simple test. You can test your vitamin D levels. You can do a finger stick test. Um, if you're listening to this and you want to learn more about that, then you can always just shoot me an email at burnout to breakthrough at gmail.com. Um, or if you're getting, if you get the podcast email. You can just reply to that burnout to breakthrough to burnout to breakthrough at gmail.com. You can shoot me that and I can show you how you can get those tests. You can get them at you know doctor's office. You can get them a lot of places. You can also do one at home. So you can find out what your blood levels are. So one thing that can empower you is determine like, listen, how are my, how are my vitamin D levels? Cause when I do come in contact with this thing, I want to make sure my vitamin D levels are optimal, not just normal. Again, I don't want to be normal. I don't want to do what everybody else does. I want to be optimal. So that's one of the things. The other one is called IL-6 and IL-1-beta. These are called inflammatory cytokines. So part of the thing that causes really bad outcomes and in inflammation is increased levels of what's called IL-1-beta and IL-6. And those, when you have high levels of those, that just means you're inflamed. Okay. So if you are inflamed, then all kinds of diseases are now in play. Not only the COVID poor outcomes, but also these other diseases, again, peer reviewed studies showing heart disease linked to high IL-6 or inflammation levels, cancer, prostate cancer and breast cancer or breast cancer, especially diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, major depression, um, Alzheimer's disease, which is a tsunami that's uh, going to hit our healthcare system or is already hitting our healthcare system right now. All these are linked massively to inflammation. So instead of saying, oh, I can't go outside and I, I hope nobody sneezes near me, um, what I'm thinking is, how do I make sure my inflammation levels are low 
So my body is able to fight this thing properly, but also I'm not worried about, you know, just because men in my family died of heart disease, I know that heart disease is, is rooted in inflammation. So my empowerment mindset is I'm going to do everything that I can do to take care of my body and reduce my levels of inflammation. So what I've done there is I've gone from disempowered, oh my gosh, I'm going to die if I come in contact with this, or oh my gosh, my parents had this disease, I'm going to have it too, to, you know what? All the research points to, and I'm going to go into this more on the next podcast episode, all the research points to heart disease and cancer are 80 to 90% preventable based on lifestyle. Yeah, there are some small genetic components to it. This is out of the, the Journal of Cancer, by the way. Last time, last workshop I did on this, I did you know hours and hours of research on this. And I, even in the Cancer Journal, they said um, environment, not genetics, is 90% of what causes cancer. And they broke it down into a pie chart of what those things were. So the reason that we have so much heart disease, cancer, and diabetes is because of how we're taking care of our bodies. A lot of that has to do with diet. A lot of it has to do with the things that you're eating, um, toxins in your body, but largely with diet and who's in control of your diet. You are. So again, from disempowerment to empowerment. So instead of me saying everyone in my family had diabetes, I'm going to have diabetes too. I'm going, no, everyone in my family ate you know, a ton of sugar. I don't, so I'm not going to have that inflammation. That's where I'm empowered to make my own choices. So hopefully that makes sense. So the, so just one quick point I want to point out there. I just talked about vitamin D. I talked about IL one or IL yeah, IL one beta and then IL six. What I want to point out about that is you're incredible. Can you believe that your body even does that, that, that there, that you have an immune system that can, that can uh, recognize these invaders and get rid of them. That's incredible to me. Like you don't have to think about it, pray about it, go to the doctor for it. It's in the package. That's how you were created with an immune system like that. You have an immune system that can recognize cancer cells and kill those cancer cells. That is incredible to me. And I don't think we give ourselves nearly enough credit. You know, when it says in the Bible, I'm fearfully, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what I mean. Like, like your body is an incredible healing machine. That's what it does. And I could do a 15 hour podcast on what happens even just when you flex your finger. You know, I talk to a lot of, uh, when I do workshops, I'll just say, Hey, okay, flex your finger, put your finger up and then bend it and then straighten it and then bend it. And the amount of things that have to happen, we have something called a sodium potassium pump where your the cell membranes pump in sodium, pump out potassium that happens every time you bend your finger millions of times. I mean, it's incredible what's going on inside of your body and we don't give ourselves enough credit, but that should be the empowering thing. Um, I was just talking to somebody today and, and she said, the reason I'm not panicked is because I know that I've taken care of myself. So my body will take care of me. And that's an excellent thing to, to have running through your head right now. I know that my body, I take care of myself. So my body will take care of me in situations like this. And if you haven't been taking care of your body, then guess what? You are empowered to start doing that now. And that's where I think ultimately the big invitation and, you know, down the road in episode three, I think that's where that's going to come in. And I was even talking to somebody re recently that um, came in and stocked up on their supplements. And she said, you know what? I'm so tired of living in fear. I, I know I've been addicted to this sugar. I know sugar causes inflammation in my, in my lungs. She's one of the people that are at risk of this thing for sure. And she said, you know, but I'm, this has finally got my attention. I'm going to kick this thing once and for all. So there's something positive that can come out of it, not just negative. So what does it mean to take care of yourself? So your body can take care of you. Just some simple things that I do. I take care of my spine and my nervous system. I can go through all kinds of research on what happens when you don't have proper nervous system function and what that does to your body. Cause your nervous system is the master control system of the body. I take care of that. Um, I, I keep my added sugar to a minimum. 
So the amount of sugar that you, you should eat, added sugar in men should be less than, than 35 grams per day. Um, and, and for women, it should be 28 grams per day. So it's, it's not a whole lot of sugar that you should be ingesting. And you can read that on the back of a, any, if you read a Snickers bar, you read the back of a Coke can, a, a Coke has 60 grams of sugar in it which means you're getting twice what you should get in a normal day just with one Coca-Cola. So it, it, what, what, where am I empowered now? I'm empowered to not drink Coke. Even though I grew up on Dr. Pepper donuts and Doritos, the 3Ds, that's what I grew up on when I was a kid. Um, and even when I was a young adult, I am now empowered to not drink that because I know what it does to me and I want to take care of my body so it will take care of it. So my body will take care of me. I take my vitamin D. Um, I've gotten my vitamin D levels tested. I've, um, I've gotten my IL-6 levels tested and I make sure that I'm doing the right interventions. Now it doesn't mean that I'm perfect at all. There's, there's things that, you know, I eat foods that I shouldn't eat and I maybe, you know, do different things in my lifestyle. Sometimes I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to strive for perfection. I'm just trying to get better. And every year I've gotten better. Now you might, it might be completely different. I might have somebody who is, uh, I've talked to people that, you know, maybe they're completely vegan, never had a, you know, never have a drink of alcohol, never had a gram of sugar, never had done any of that stuff. And you might look at that and say, okay, that lifestyle is better than mine. Okay, cool. I'm working in that direction. But you might look at this and go, wow, your lifestyle is really great. Like you don't eat sugar and you're, you're not eating processed foods and you're not drinking cola, Coca-Cola. And I do all of that stuff. Well, that's fine. This isn't a, a, a contest. This is just, can you start doing better and moving in the right direction? And that's what I want to encourage you to do is that you take control of where you're at rather than just, again, it's this disempowered model where we're just cowering in our houses and, and worried and about everybody else rather than, Hey, what can we do? And that's, what's bothered me the whole time is all we're talking about is the germ. And yes, the germ is a real thing. And then the virus is a real thing. And I understand that, but I'm not hearing anybody talk about how to get your immune system working stronger. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast. So that's the bottom line. That's why I'm not panicked. Um, yeah, I mean, simple as that. Uh, that's why I'm not panicked when I go out. Um, that's why I'm not panicked that if I get it, so if I know that if I get it, I would probably be in that first cohort of shedding the virus within eight days. I'm about to do a test to find out if I've had the antibodies because I wouldn't be surprised if I had. Um, and, and that's really the key. And, and it's not just in this COVID environment. That's all the time. Like I don't lay awake at night worried about having a heart attack because every man in my family has had a heart attack by the time they were 65. I don't lay awake at night worrying about what I'm going to do about diabetes because I know I'm not going to come down with type two diabetes because I'm doing the things that prevent the type two diabetes. Um, so hopefully that makes sense to you is like this, that we need to go from disempowered to empowered. And I want to just remind you that you are more than pieces and parts. And that's why what I teach is what's what's called vitalism. Okay. And vitalism is different than mechanism. And so much of our medical system has become mechanistic, which means you are pieces and parts. You are a flow chart. If you have X, then you need X, Y, and Z medication, and that's it. Rather than looking at you as a person, understanding that you have an amazing power to heal inside of you. If we can just remove the interference to that healing power, then you will thrive. And that's what vitalism is. It says that you are more than the sum of your parts. The whole is more than the sum of the parts. You are more than pieces and parts. There's something special about you. There's something amazing about you. And if we can tap into that, then that's going to take us all the way through this greater invitation to, to rethink the way that we do things. So that's pandemic without panic. When we, the next one, we're going to talk about thinking for yourself. So I'm going to give you some statistics, not only just stats, because anybody can come up with stats. I'm going to give you some laws on how to think. 
And that's something I've been really trying to do for the last eight, nine years. I did a workshop eight years ago on just, I'm just trying to, it was called the amazing Dr. You. And I'm just trying to take the stuff in my brain and transfer it into your brain on just filters. Like, okay, so if I hear this from the news or this from this, here's the first filter that's going to have to go through. And so we're going to give you some ways to think. So the next time this happens or anything else happens, or you hear anything on the news or from your buddy at the water cooler, then you can think about this thing properly. Um, and then the last one is going to be, what's the, what's the invitation? Okay. So what's the invitation? So how can you, we not only, you not only end up here again when, when the next outbreak happens, but how can we as a country not end up as a, a here again with all of these comorbidities and all of these sick people that we're trying to protect right now, we can change that if we change the way we see our health. So that's going to be episodes number two and number three. So until then, um, just encourage you to remember who you are and remember how your body is able to function and remember that you have more power than you possibly think. So until next time, um, stay focused on that fact.